0: Everyone, my name is Josh Scroggins. I pastor New Beginnings Family. Just wanted to say thank you for joining our podcast and welcome. We hope the following message will be encouraging, will inspire you to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about us or would like to support our ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.nbfamily.net. And as always, for all you do to support us, thank you. God bless you and enjoy the message. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. This is part three of a four part series focused on the four gifts of Christmas. Those gifts are hope, peace, love, and joy. Each of these gifts helps to meet the needs of at least two areas in our lives. Hope meets the needs of regret and surrender. Peace meets the needs of stress and conflict. In this episode, we're talking about love which meets our needs in the areas of fear and loneliness. Love is probably one of the most overused and misunderstood words in the English language. People will tell you that they love their kids and then tell you that they love French fries. They will tell you that they love you and then they love a song on the radio. They'll say they love God and that they also love that pair of shoes. It's truly tremendously an overused word. And because of the way we use it, we often cheapen how incredibly powerful the word love actually is. Here's what the writer of the book uh, first Corinthians had to say about this word. And we're going to read chapter 13, the whole chapter. He says, if I speak with the tongues of mankind and of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions to charity, if I surrender my body so that I may glory, but I do not have love, it does me no good. Love is patient, love is kind, it is not jealous. Love does not brag, it is not arrogant, it does not act disgracefully, it does not seek its own benefit, it is not provoked, does not keep an account of a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It keeps every confidence. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they'll be done away with. If there are gifts of tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away with. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I have also fully been known." But now faith, hope, and love remain, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Love is the thing that makes a husband leave his family as a soldier to go defend it against an unknown enemy, risking his very life. Love is what makes a single mother work two jobs to feed her kids, even at the expense of her own health. Love is what made Jesus come to earth as a human being. Love is what made him willing to go to the cross, and love is what brought him back from the dead. Love is more than what you feel for your favorite pair of pajamas, your sports team, your favorite song, or even your car or your truck. Love is something much deeper than all of that. And as we'll soon learn, love, at least in its truest, purest form, is only found in God. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let's love one another. For love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. He says God is love. That's not something that God does. It's who God is. So when Jesus, who was and is God, came to earth to be born as a human being, love literally came to earth. If a person does not know God, they can truly not understand what it means to love at least not in full. Because without God, love simply can't exist. Christmas is a time to remember that God has given us the gift of love. And in doing so, he has given us a gift that meets the needs in two very important areas of our lives. The first area is fear, and the second is loneliness. If unmet, the needs of these two areas can cause tremendous pain or even shut a person down. So let's take a look at these two areas. Number one is fear. And I want to differentiate real quick between fear and anxiety. Uh, Even though oftentimes those two words are used interchangeably, and there are scriptures that will use uh, the word anxiety, where we can also apply it to fear. We'll look at one of those later. They are different. Uh, Anxiety is about something unknown. It's I'm generally afraid, but it's not something specific it's not something in front of me it's not something that i know it's more fear of the unknown'm I'm, f- I'm afraid of of what might happen i'm afraid um and i don't even know why i just i feel this feeling of fear but it's not specifically attached to something it's not like someone is in front of me threatening me it's not like there is a an wild animal in the room with me it's not like i'm in actual danger i just feel a general sense of of fear and it's not specifically targeted to something uh, real and tangible in front of me. That's anxiety. And fear is is the same kind of thing, but it's towards something that is known. So if I said I am generally worried about the future, that's anxiety, right? That's not that's not something specific. Um, it's just kind of a general like I don't know what's going to happen today, and I'm I'm afraid. But fear is about something known, right? I'm about to have a conversation and I know that this could be bad. Uh, There is uh, something dangerous in the house with me. There's there's an animal or um, I'm afraid of spiders or I'm afraid of heights, right? Because I, or or more, I'm afraid of falling from them. Um, It's something very specific, that's that's fear. Peace is the answer to anxiety. We talked about that. Uh, We talked about that earlier uh, when we dealt with stress, because anxiety and stress go hand in hand. Um, but fear, the answer to fear is love. First John 4, 18, it says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. In fact, fear and love are complete opposites. I know that it, it would be very easy to think and it's it's kind of, the typical thing, if, if people aren't familiar with this verse and you ask them what is the opposite of fear, most people would say faith. Most people would say faith. And, and that's kind of true. That, that is kind of true. Um, but the question would be, well, how do you have faith? Like, let's go down one level from that. Let's go a little bit deeper. Fear and love are, are actually opposites. And this has been proven even Even clinically. Uh, In in the brain, there's a couple of hormones that are released in response to things. There's a lot of hormones that that our body produces, but two of them are uh, cortisol and oxytocin. Uh, Cortisol is released by fear and stress, and oxytocin is released by love. The effects that these hormones produce are shockingly opposite. And I want to read real quick... um, from, from a a Dr. Alexander Lloyd. This is a quote from him. He says, oxytocin is often called the love hormone. In addition to being released on our brains, when we feel in love, it's also released when we have sex, when we eat ice cream or engage in any enjoyable activity. Um, Love is quite literally both physically and non-physically the opposite of fear and stress response. Our bodies were designed to live in love, not fear. Living in fear, quite frankly, is a malfunction. Fear triggers your stress response, and a fear frequency is sent from your memory banks to the hypothalamus in the brain, which turns the stress switch on. This stress response or fight or flight mode, it's only supposed to happen if our life is in imminent mortal danger. Many of us, however, go into fight or flight mode 10, 15, or 20 times a day to the point that stress becomes the normal state of being for us. Now he, on his website, again, this is Dr. Alexander Lloyd. On on his website, he has a long list of the effects of uh, cortisol and oxytocin. And so what I want to do is I want to just share with you a few of these of why I say they're opposites. Fear or cortisol right? That, they, it, it, that, that uh, chemical that's released as a result of fear, it dumbs us down. And I don't think you probably have to be convinced of the truthfulness of this. If you've ever been in a situation where uh, you suddenly got very stressed or very afraid, um, or you were maybe in a, in a conversation with someone and your fight or flight kicked in and all of a sudden your emotions kicked up. And uh, you, you probably already know, that you weren't thinking as clearly you may have said things that you had to go back and apologize for later uh you may have uh, done things that that you weren't thinking clearly Uh, that's what cortisol does it actually dumbs us down on the flip side of that oxytocin which is produced by love actually stimulates higher neurological activity and again this is this is fairly obvious um when when you think about it I mean, think, think some of the most beautiful songs ever written were written by someone who was in love. Some of the most beautiful poetry ever written was written by someone who was in love. Some of the most beautiful paintings that have ever been made or, or, um, uh, sculptures that have ever been made works of art that have ever been made were made by someone who was in love. When you are in love, your neurological activity is stimulated by oxytocin. Here's another one. Um, Cortisol, right, produced by fear, makes us sick. You will get sick a lot more often. right? Your immune system drops. Oxytocin, produced by love, has the opposite effect. It actually increases your immune function. Cortisol, produced by fear, raises your blood pressure. Oxytocin, produced by love, lowers your blood pressure. Now, these are only a few out of a long list of things that includes uh, energy, pain response, addiction, and withdrawal. Um, people who are, are are dealing with addiction, uh, when oxytocin is produced, they find it the withdrawal symptoms are far less. If they're dealing with cortisol, uh, it's much harder. Uh, human growth hormone, appetite, right? You the way that you eat or don't eat, your ability to heal, uh, relaxation, stress effects on relationships, right? All of those things, they are attributable back into. Oxytocin and cortisol, and the way that our body responds to them and our mind responds to them. Now, think about this long before the world ever knew about cortisol and oxytocin, the Bible said it. Love and fear are, in fact, opposites. So, what does this mean practically? Well, it means that when you fall in love with God, fear melts away. When you are full of God's love, fear loses its grip on you. It means that when you carry love in your heart, there's no room for fear. Isaiah 12.2 says, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord. God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. So that works. I will trust. I will not be afraid. Now I know you might think, well, pastor, doesn't that mean that faith and fear are opposites, not love and fear opposites? Well, (coughs) we need to, uh, we need to drop down a a little bit deeper than that. Let me ask you a question. How does a baby know to trust its mom? How does a baby know it can trust its mother? I mean, there hasn't been any time for building a history, right? I mean, it's, there's no, there's no history there. The baby's brand new to the world. Uh, the baby hasn't explored other options, right? It's not like the baby went around checking out other moms and decided this one's the best. So how does a baby know that that baby can trust his mom? A baby trusts his mom because of the love that she has for him. How is it that we can trust God? I will trust and not be afraid. Yes, the trust seems like it's the opposite of that, but we need to go deeper. How is it possible for us to trust God? You can say, well, it's, it's because we have a history where we can look back and see where God's kept his promises. Does that mean you can only trust God after you've seen history? You could say, well, we could trust God because we've explored all the other options and God's the only one that makes sense. And I agree with you there. He is. But does that mean that you can only trust God after you've done all the research? Of course not. How is it that we can trust God? I will trust and not be afraid. That's why Isaiah says. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. How is it possible for us to trust God. It's because of the love that he has for us. We can trust him because he loves us with everything that he is, not everything that he does, not everything that he has, everything that he is. Remember, God is love and you can trust him because of that. He is never going to betray you. He is never going to uh, uh, give up on you. He is never going to walk out on you because he loves you too much to do that. We trust God because of the love he has for us. I will trust and not be afraid. When we understand that God has given us the perfect gift of his love, then we can trust him. And that trust will melt away our fear. In fact, 1 Peter 5, 7 simply says this, Cast all your anxiety or fear on him because he cares about you. Are you struggling with fear? Are you wrestling with fear? Then take time to really focus on how much God loves you. Allow yourself to be immersed in it. Take time to feel it. Take time to just say, God, I know that you love me. Help me to feel your arms around me now. Help me to experience your love in a real way. Help me to see how much you love me, to feel how much you love me, and then allow yourself to feel it, to just meditate on God, to just take time and think about him, to take time and focus on him, in particular on how much he loves you, and then watch what happens. What you're going to notice is that your fear will shrink as your trust grows. The second area of our, of our lives that we have needs in that, that the, the gift of love addresses is loneliness. When we look back at the creation account in Genesis, it's, it's amazing. Um, it becomes very clear. Every time God finishes a day, he says three words. It is good, right? He he says that over and over and over again. Makes the sun, it is good. Makes the moon, it is good. Separates out the uh, the the ground from the water, and and it is good. Makes the fish, it is good. Makes the the creatures on the ground, it is good. Makes the the birds, it's good. All of that, and then he gets to man. He creates man, and something changes. <clears throat> Genesis two eighteen. here's what it says. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Now, I want to be clear. God is not saying that the man isn't good. He's not saying that Adam isn't good. He's not saying that his creation wasn't good. But every time God made something, it seemed like he just finished by saying it's good. And then suddenly he's saying, it's not good. So what was he talking about? He's not saying that Adam wasn't good. What he's saying is is it wasn't good for him to be alone. See, God understands the importance of relationships. In fact, God himself eternally exists in relationship. That's what the Trinity is all about. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God exists as three in one. He exists in an eternal state of relationship. He understands the importance of that. He created human beings to need one another. That's why it was not good for man to be alone. It wasn't just about reproduction. I mean, God could have easily made man to reproduce as some other creatures do without a mate. But that's not what he did. God looked at Adam and he said, it's not good for him to be alone. Loneliness is a debilitating and painful feeling that I struggled with for many, many years. And I'm just going to be real transparent with you. Chelsea and I met in our 30s. And before that, I regularly struggled with loneliness. Yeah, I had a few relationships, but I was alone more than I wasn't. And that feeling of loneliness after a while, it became a constant ache. That ache grew into something so much deeper than just an ache. It was it was it was a brokenness. It was a deep, painful, debilitating feeling that just followed me everywhere I went. There would be times I'd be watching TV a commercial would come on with a man and a woman in love, and that commercial would strike my loneliness so hard it would make me cry, and not a good cry. Yeah, looking back, I can tell you that there was something very specific that helped me get through the worst of it. I, I wanna I wanna tell you that there's a few things you should know about loneliness, it, particularly if you've never struggled with it. Maybe this will help you to to understand where someone's coming from that is struggling with it. First of all, loneliness can exist while you're in the middle of a crowd. In fact, that's one of the most lonely places you can ever be. Because when you are alone and you feel lonely, you can say, well, I'm I'm feeling this way. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm just actually alone here. When you're in the middle of a crowd and you still feel it, then you realize that, that there's something wrong. Why are you feeling lonely if you're surrounded in people? Loneliness can exist while you're in the middle of a crowd. Loneliness can happen even when you have a lot of friends. Loneliness can happen when you have a large family. In fact, loneliness can even happen if you're married. See, loneliness is not about those people. It's about isolation from them loneliness happens. And this is something that if you're in the middle of struggling with loneliness right now, you may not, I hope you can, I hope you can hear me. I hope you can understand me when I tell you this, but I don't know that I would have been able to in the middle of it. Loneliness is not about who you have or don't have in your life. It's about isolating from the people that are in your life that love you. And what love does is love breaks down the walls of our isolation. You know, when I was in my darkest moments, it was, it was God's love washing over me that broke down the walls of isolation that I had built between myself and the people who cared about me, including God himself. One of the gifts that Christmas gives us is a demonstration of how much God loves us You know, God himself came to earth to become one of us, to die as one of us. Are you struggling with loneliness just as I did? Then take a moment and just consider how much God loves you. Think about all the people that you're isolating yourself from who love you. And there are people in your life who absolutely love you. And if you're feeling lonely right now, it means that there are people who love you and you are isolating yourself from them. Who are they? Allow God's love to just wash over you and to break down those walls, to stop isolating, to reach out to people who love you. Are you wrestling with those, with fear, with loneliness? I'm going to just tell you that God's love is a gift that answers your need in both of those areas. Maybe maybe you're paralyzed by fear. God wants you to know you can trust him because his love for you is perfect and it's unbreakable. You can trust in that love and you can even be filled with it. God's love can melt your fears away. God's perfect love can cast out all your fear. Maybe you're overwhelmed with loneliness. Maybe you're feeling it in the midst of a crowd or during outings with friends. Maybe even at church. Maybe during family gatherings. Maybe you find yourself suddenly filled with pain anytime that you're reminded of it. God loves you. He loves you more than you will ever be able to understand. You are not alone. In fact, you never were. Take a moment and let that sink in. You are not alone. God has seen every tear. He has walked with you through every hardship. God loves you and we love you. Let God's love just wash over you right now. Let God's love fill you right now. Let it dissolve the walls that you've put up between yourself and others and allow yourself to love others the way God loves you. If you do that, you're going to find that God's love is more powerful than your fear or your loneliness. It'll change your life. God bless you. You have uh, an amazing day. We'll catch you in the next episode. Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us at New Beginnings Family. We appreciate you listening and hope that the message was encouraging, inspiring, challenging, that ultimately it brings you closer to Jesus Christ. If you have any questions for us or would like to get a hold of us, you can reach out to us at www.nbfamily.net. Thank you so much. We love you. Have an amazing day. And thank you for all your support. We'll see you next time.